Welcome to the Matt Report, a podcast for building businesses with WordPress. Subscribe to the Matt Report at mattreport.com forward slash subscribe. And now your host, Matt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report. As always, your host, Matt. And today, another great guest, Rachel Baker from the Wirecutter, popular uh, WordPress contributor. Uh, we're going to talk all about the WordPress REST API, what it is, what it does, what it can be. When will we get it? You know, when will we get our REST API? Uh, we're going to sort of dive into that, into the show. We're also going to learn a little bit more about what she does at the Wirecutter, what she does with WordPress, what she does with the team, how the whole publishing media side of WordPress works and what they're doing uh, to sort of uh, make WordPress work in that context. So this is definitely a great discussion, uh, great high-level discussion. It's going to be uh, very useful for those of you that want to get some insights into WordPress at scale. Uh, so do uh, I hope you do enjoy this episode. And if you do, I'd love a five-star review on iTunes. Head on over there, leave us a five-star review. If you're at my site, mattreport.com, just click on the right-hand side. There's a link directly to iTunes, and you can give us a five-star review there. It helps us get found helps folks sort of uh, get some more exposure to learning about WordPress, not only just for their business, but uh, who's doing what in the WordPress world. It's a great way for us to learn uh, from new folks. Going to probably take off the at the end of September. It's still August right now, but of course, uh, probably the last half of September will probably be a break from the Matt Report, and we'll probably kick things back up again come October. But I got two uh, guests lined up for you for the, the remaining Shows of the Matt Report for the summertime. Rob Walling of Get Drip or Drip uh, recently sold uh, his software as a service Drip to Lead Pages. So that was in a very good uh, discussion there. For those of you who are interested in what it's like to run a SaaS business, what it's like to grow to a few million in revenue, uh, that was definitely a great conversation there. And then I have Nathan Barry right after him uh, who started ConvertKit, another email automation tool. Uh, recently raising a bunch of money <laughs> uh, as well. So we're going to talk to Nathan, learn about that journey and what he has in store for the business. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe, number one way to stay connected. Join the mailing list over there. I'd love to hear from you. I mean, if you got any questions or concerns, just tweet at me, uh, at mattreport or at Matt Medeiros, uh, or email me. Uh, it's the mattreportblog at gmail.com. I'd love... Uh, to hear what you want uh, to learn from uh, the next season of the Matt Report. I'm probably switch it up again. Like this season, uh, we were getting back to the roots of talking to folks and interviewing folks. Do you want more of that? Let me know. I'd love to. If you want me to explore other uh, areas of your interest, let me know. Again, tweet at me, at Matt Report. Join the mailing list, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Without further ado, let's talk to Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for joining us on the Matt Report. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. So, you're quite popular. <laughs> I've been following. <laughs> I've been following you for quite some time, um, as I do a lot of my guests. But for folks who don't know who you are, uh, what is it that you do for a day job? What is it that you do for WordPress, and uh, what is it that you do for fun? Sure. So my day job, my official title is uh, lead engineer at the Wirecutter, where we run uh, the Wirecutter.com and the SweetHome.com. It's kind of the next generation of consumer review sites. Um, uh, so that's my day job. What do I do for fun? Um, well, I have a five-month-old, so most of my <laughs> most of my non 
work or sleeping time is kind of uh, running him down. Or right now, what I do for fun is is is, is I buy him things that I f- enjoy. Yeah. Like you know, I'm gonna buy him a uh, a Batman onesie because like I think that's cool. <laughs> I would like to wear a Batman onesie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or a, a a a Cubs outfit. You know that kind of stuff. Nice. Uh, I have a one month old, which you might hear. At yeah. some point in this podcast, <laughs> maybe crying in the background, perhaps. Yeah, same here. Right now. So. Um, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You too, of course. Uh, it's a great new experience. Uh, the days just sort of mesh together, right? There's just one giant yes. day. <laughs> it, it, completely. It's, uh, it's yeah, having a kid has been the hardest, hardest program I've ever had to debug. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Right, right, exactly. So let, let's just quickly chat about that. What's what's that like? Five months in, uh, and you know, having a day job and and doing all that you do in the WordPress world. How do you balance it? Uh, is there? Uh, do you work from home? Do you work at a shared co-working space? What does the technicals look like to get you separated from uh, you know home life to work life? Sure. Uh, well, I work from home. I actually I do have an office. Uh, I do have like a shared space uh, in Chicago in the Cards Against Humanity office. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yep. Uh, where I have a desk there with a, a monitor and stuff, and I I try and go there a few times a week, but um, but mostly I work out of my house. Uh, I have an office that's like closed off. Um, Soundproofed and whatnot. <laughs> uh, not fully, as as you may at some point here, but uh, but yeah, it's. I guess you asked like how I balance it all. I guess it was a poorly, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like something that always has to win. Yeah. Uh, and usually it's just like whatever is, is m- more on fire or, or more critical. Um, it has made me like have to pull back a little bit from like my extra curricular or like what I like, my, my, uh, my WordPress fun time. I just, I don't have as much of it anymore. Uh, Actually, I have very little uh, extra fun time yeah. past work, but um, <laughs> which was something I always heard people say, like, yeah, bef- you know, before, and I was like, no, no, I'll have yeah. plenty of time. It's gonna be easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now I find myself doing like the I I call it like a uh, like the nap Pomodoro, where yeah. it's like the the kid goes down and like takes a nap. And you're like, I don't know if I have like 20 minutes, right, or like 90 <laughs> minutes. Exactly. I'm just gonna start doing laundry and start doing this, and and then sometimes you're like, oh, if I'd have known you'd sleep for two hours, I would have done work. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been saying the same things. Well, obviously, in uh, I'm one month yesterday. If you're five months, so looks like uh, it's still the same for me for the next four months, <laughs> based on your trends. And, yeah, I hear. I mean, it gets better. That's yeah. what people tell me. So I'll, I'll. That's that's the motivation that kind of helped through the one uh, one month to two months to turn out to. So it gets better. Nice. Uh, so let's chat about the wire cutter. Um, and uh, I've used the site a million times, searching for anything from the best headphones to the best laptops. Uh, recently, researching the best air conditioners. Uh, oh yeah. And landed on on the sister site. Um, the sweet home, yeah. So what what's your day, what's the day look like for you? What, what are you tackling in terms of WordPress? Uh, what are you managing on that side of the on the side of the house? Sure. Well, I guess um, first uh, the wire cutter existed for like three three and a half years or so, uh, without a full time engineering person. Hmm. I was their first time. I was their first full time uh, developer hire. 
and which meant that I inherited a lot of legacy code. Um, Is this code that like that the, the people who founded the site just like sort of slapped together for lack of a better word, or did no. they, they outsource already and sort of build it and then hand it over to you kind of thing? No, you know. Uh, <laughs> The our current site actually is. Have you ever heard of the owl? The A W L, like yep. it's a it's a blo- okay. Um, uh, some like the developer from the owl uh, kind of took their theme and did a find and replace number, and then like <laughs> and like then other stuff started like got added on top. Uh, to become like the wire cutter, so there's like we have like meta that's like still called like that's like awl underscore something. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> um, so I don't. I mean, I think that was kind of like the uh, second or third iteration of the site, but that's how like our current. Uh, that's like kind of just an idea of like what our current code base is. Not that like the founders uh, did it or anything. It's just it's a a developer from. I think they have them and the owl used to be partners, so uh, like a partner site developer kind of uh, hodgepodge something together, which I'm sure was the assignment. Like, no, I'm not blaming that person. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> Let's not burn any bridges on this show. <laughs> for, well, I mean, you know, I, I, no, I haven't developed, like, I understand, like, we all, we've all, we've all done those kind of things. We're like, really? Uh, okay, I'll do, like, this is what you want. So be it. Um, so now uh, we actually have. A, a full-time staff uh, in our just our engineering department of five, including myself. Yeah, of five, and we have uh, uh, Reactive Studios is our agency partner, and we get uh, uh, we have time from Josh Eaton and, and Zach Willis from Reactive nice. uh, on our team. So it's kind of like we have like a kind of manage a team of six developers so uh my day job actually isn't a lot of writing code anymore my day job is mostly figuring out what we're gonna do and helping having helping kind of the other six engineers like do their job um uh tackle the actual like tax tasks and uh and do a little more high level like what are we gonna do next or like you know someone's doing I don't know, like like our front end engineer doing uh, test X means that like the person who's going to do test B needs to know like this information or whatever, mm-hmm. or that can start like next week. That kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, but our, our sites do run in WordPress. We also actually we have a, an internal uh, application that. So if you go to you said the best air conditioner, right? Yep. If you go to that page there's the air conditioners you see listed there like the products that we uh that we pick um that's kind of powered by an internal application that i architected scoped and like helped build um uh josh eaton uh like josh eaton helped uh, with the architecture but uh a lot of our team built it it launched it in may and it's uh it's like an internal api that runs on lara it's powered by laravel so um, that's pretty cool. So, the, so this is like the, uh, the so I'm out, I'm on that page right now. So I, I Google the best air conditioner and, uh-huh. um, looking at that page, I see, uh, the LG, which I went to buy and it was out of stock. 
So, <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, so, so I ended up getting something else. But these, so this like sort of content structure, this is sort of separate from WordPress. Yeah, it's it's like it's pulled into the the it's pulled into the CMS via an uh, API. Uh, interesting. Um, and then like when so you said the LG is like out of stock, right? Like when we are able to know that that LG is out of stock, um, they could add like. I don't know, is there a button there? I'm actually I'm purposely not looking at my computer, but like, if there's there's a button there. What's the where's the yep. LG come from? Is it Amazon or Home Depot? Or uh, this one's Home Depot. Okay, so 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 I should so, say it's it someone's job. Like, someone like would get a notification that like it's out of stock, yeah, and then they would like look for somewhere else to buy it, and they would like add that source, and then like magically on the page, like the, the Home Depot button would go away, and then there'd be like a Lowe's button, hypothetically. Got it. Right? So that person whose job is to scour the internet for all products, <laughs> uh, does he or she have like a an app that they use on their machine and they just well, quickly punch in the, you know. Well, we send them the notification that they have to do it and then they kind of prioritize it by like where, what, what content it is. And then, I don't know, they've just been doing this for so long. Like they're, it's an individual that's been with the company. Got it. Since, since. It was founded, so that sounds like a sweet job. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I, I I don't know. One of the things I think is I always think it's interesting to like watch other individuals like workflows and how they do stuff. Like this 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 kid's got some he's 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 got some macro moves. Yeah, <laughs> wow. he's probably awesome. really good at StarCraft too. <laughs> um, so I I want to break this down a little bit because I'm actually you know. Uh, um, I, you know, again, not to to promote my stuff here, but I've launched a new site called Plugin Tuts. It's all about plugin uh, overviews and tutorials for WordPress. And I'm looking at the wire cutter and, and the sweet home, and I'm like, I want to make a site as useful as those sites. <laughs> and yeah. I'm looking at it, saying, you know, how can I structure my content? Not copying it, but you know, I love the table of contents and you know, information in the sidebar and yeah, just everything. It just I just feel like it's. You know the content is well placed. The the links and everything are uh, advertiser or the affiliate links are well placed, and I just like the the sort of little details in there. But why couldn't native WordPress handle you know this function or this API that's a, structure? That's a great question. So this actually used to be in WordPress okay. for us uh, when the first iteration of of what of kind of like this product database internally was built, um, it was in WordPress. And, you know, and since you know, most of your listeners are technical, like I will tech, the, one of the things is originally the Wirecutter and the Sweet Home were two separate WordPress sites. So there were like two separate product databases. Uh, one of the things like I did was we rolled them together into a multi-site. So they're, the Sweet Home runs like a parent of the Wirecutter theme. Um, and you know they share users and stuff, so like that could done in a lot of administrative overhead uh, on our side and duplicate logic. Um, but you know, from everything being separate, when we're going to kind of bring them together, uh, if hypothetically, it, you said you were looking at this right, like like on the sweet home. So if for some reason the wirecutter did something where they wanted to mention the same air conditioner. Um, we didn't want to make it so it, they had to do like a cross-site query just to pull in that air conditioner, right? Because it's like, it's not a, uh, WordPress doesn't do that very efficiently. Right. Uh, and to do that, and some of our reviews, like we have, 
like our camera stuff. It's like there's like 60 items in there. <laughs> um, like things like the best travel gear and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the products go across sites so much. Sure. And originally the complexity of what we wanted to do there with what with the products wasn't wasn't too insane but as kind of the business need grew it's got so complex that it was like the data model that wordpress gives you didn't fit what we wanted to do anymore and it true i mean we had like uh jeez i want to say like 20,000 products and we're using like taxonomies and stuff to like terms to tie them together. Mm-hmm. And when I would try to figure out like with a very, very complex query, like what were our like top picks across reviews, like, like doing all those joins on my 16, uh, gigabyte laptop locally like on the database it would like freeze my <laughs> machine like i couldn't even like run it in like a vm like i would have to and I'd, have, so I'd have to like do these reports in batches right. um so yeah so it was just it's you know like wordpress is great at like content but just the scale at which we started we were using this and kind of the complexity it made it so every time you hit that that air conditioning page, you don't want to do a, um, you don't want to do a essentially like a WP post post meta and taxonomy query for each of those items. Like that just starts really adding up. Right. So. Right. And, and so, you know, for the folks who aren't uh, as technically advanced on listening to the show, we're going beyond just, you know, um, hey, you might be on the wire cutter and yeah. you might be querying, uh, the, let's just say just the post link for the best air conditioners on the Sweet Home site. It's going beyond even just a simple, you know, hey, I just want to link this post from this website to the other. We're talking, you know, maybe the air conditioners BTUs, right? Like 12000 across, you know, anything under $300. Uh, you might be doing those types of more deep dive queries, you know, on, on the wire cutter site. You might, you might. Um, and that's the kind of data that you're that you're talking about. So lots of it, <laughs> lots and lots of it. Yep. And we just wanted to make it so this like this like product data that we already had when it comes time to to research a new like a new content piece like um uh like our our headphone writer uh, mm-hmm. if when it comes time for her to to do another one that's like maybe. Um, the best closed back headphones under a hundred dollars, right? In her mind, um, she already has a bunch of candidates, but she might want to see like what are some other, what are some products that we've reviewed that kind of fit within this scheme already to be able to know maybe what she shouldn't review for this or what she should make sure she considers. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Um, and. And our writers actually don't have access to the like they don't work in the CMS. They write their content in Google Docs. But so so we needed to make that information like available to her and like our research department who don't access the CMS where right now by having this in, in another application that has like an API, like they can just they can go somewhere and like get it. 
Oh, I see. So yeah. I'm foaming at the mouth here. Let me tell you. Why. Sorry. <laughs> I want to. I, there's two things. So one, you already answered my question. Um, I had one of my questions. What are the particular challenges uh, that you face uh, with multiple WordPress sites? And you've, you've already clearly answered that for sure. Second was, was it the actual workflow of your writers? And I did have a question. Does anybody actually log into WordPress and post anything? Um, you know, from the writer team, writing team, editorial staff, whatever, the answer is obviously they do it in Google Docs. Yeah. So, so here's my thing. I love Google Docs. I hate trying to get Google Docs into WordPress. Yep. <laughs> so how do you do it? That's, that's actually a great question. It's actually something that, well, so first of all, we have a production team that are amazing. And one of the reasons we don't have our writers directly enter content in our CMS is, um, is that because there's like adding, I mean, it's not just like writing the piece of content for us, right? Like it's, it's, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of extra things that they have to do, like, like, uh, add every product and that if it's not already added and, and, you know, find a place to source it from, like there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of extra work that goes into it. Um, where it just, be, you know, once the company got large enough, it was like, you know, we want we want the headphone writer to to write the piece and then like and then hand that off to someone who like all that person does is take the content and and get it prepared and ready for being online and making sure that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed in all the places that they need to be. So, um, uh, so we have staff that does that. Uh, they're amazing. Um, their workflow is not the best. Uh, we're actually working with them to try and make it easier, but um, uh, it's kind of a little hodgepodgey right now. Uh, like the one of the cool things that actually our uh, one of our production team members made is. Um, we're a unique site in that like we have evergreen content. So uh, you said you were looking like the bear, best air conditioner. I'll actually use a different one because so people think don't think always do as a review air conditioners like the best TV on the wire cutter. Yep. Every year we update this uh, this one piece of content for the best TV. Um, we do it around the same time every year. But when that when the writer goes to update that piece, um, what? we do is we have a, like a site that they can go to where they can enter the URL and it'll scrape the content for them because in the CMS, right? I can't just give them like post content because there's a bunch of like meta fields. So that you can't, they, that from within the back end of the CMS, it's not like obvious, like where everything fits in. Right. So, uh, so we have a little script that'll, that'll scrape the HTML for them and put it in a Google doc where then the writer will then go and like start backing stuff out and like work from that, right? Like work from the review last year and kind of see like what models were recommended or what they said and, and completely, I mean, depending on the, the scope, some things like the best TV actually end up getting like completely rewritten, but then there's some things like, you know, uh, trying to think of something that, that, that doesn't change very much. Maybe like, uh, the best blender, the best garbage can, actually, if we get <laughs> where, uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, the, that garbage can's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, um, 
where maybe only like a quarter of it will get rewritten because like there hasn't been unlike TVs where there's like new models every year, right? Like there's not new garbage cans every year. Um, there might be adjustments to, to models and some new things get tested, but like, you know, it's not, it doesn't end up being a complete rewrite uh, or, or would be a possible candidate for likely wouldn't be a complete rewrite or maybe only like a quarter of it gets changed. Um, so it's fascinating. Uh, that's fascinating stuff. Um, yeah. Somewhere in the world, Matt Mullenweg is throwing his iPod around saying, why don't you just do it in WordPress? WordPress well, can handle it, right? <laughs> well, and it can. So actually, and, and that's what I was getting. It's like one of the cool things that we do do is, um, and so I said, so we have this evergreen content. So when for the best garbage can or the best TV, like the writer comes and tells their production team, like, all right, this is ready. When they do get to the point of like putting the content in the CMS, they can't like update a live content piece, right? Because as I said, like these might be a complete rewrite where it has to be like copy edited and like, you know, uh, the person may have to go to the bathroom and like after they've entered two hours of work, you know, they don't can't hit save because then you're actually like, impacting live content. So we have a feature. Uh, actually, one of the first things like I, I built uh, when I joined the company is uh, that's what they were doing. They were kind of like just editing live content and just kind of keep that tab open. Um, it's like, that's crazy. So now they have, they can like clone an existing piece of content into like a temporary post, paste the updated Google doc in there, uh, make whatever adjustments, get it fully copy edited, approved, and then even like schedule replacing like the best TV with this completely new piece of content. Uh, yeah. So they can like clone do a clone, make a bunch of changes, and replace. And we do that within WordPress, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the, and just so I make sure I understand this correctly, because I, I want to make sure that I'm not losing my mind uh, when I create, because I do the same thing. I draft my posts in Google Docs, and I send it to an editor, and, and she cleans it up for me, and then I copy-paste just plain text into the text editor, but then you go in, your production team then goes in and formats the headings and probably inserts all the graphics and other rich media. Uh, so is, is it going from Google Docs and what I'll call plain text into WordPress and then it's getting edited there? Or is this process that you're describing actually taking the styling changes from the production team and applying that on the copy-paste, for lack of a better word? We have a, uh, they have like a Google Docs macro that'll that'll take the Google Doc and kind of copy it as HTML, yep, and kind of clean that up a bit and use that to paste, which gets them. It's not perfect, but like gets them a little bit of the way there. Oh. Um, so it's not fully, you know, like have the bold yeah. stuff, right? You know. Yeah, but it is a. Uh, like it doesn't have the pull quotes, you know, positioned to the right or the left and all that right. stuff. Okay. Right, which then our production team would do anyway. But because, like, the when the editor's turning content, like, it really is in just text. So the That's pulling out of the quotes and stuff, like, like we have a, a – so we have, like, a, so a writer or multiple writers will, like, write a guide. And then there's someone who, like, edits it um, who – at some place, like at the bottom of the Google Doc, is like this is like this should be a pull quote, like whatever, um, and then it goes through copy edit, and then it goes through like a 
you know, like a final review by the editor to then can say like, uh, this image should be up here, like that kind of stuff. Got it. Um, Got it. yeah. Sweet. That's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's reassuring. So yeah. <laughs> it's reassuring to me that I, that, that there is no best practice, but, uh, it is kind of cool to hear, um, some of the, uh, the, the technical advances that, that your team has made yeah. uh, with that stuff. Yeah. Ideally, you should be able to just go from like, like right in the Google Doc, oh, right? Yes. And like, and like hit in a button and have it just magically show up in WordPress. Oh. And I know that there's, um, uh, I know there's like, there's a newspaper uh, uh, in Maine that, that had an extension that did this, but we have so many meta fields that it's like, to parse that with like a regex gets yeah. really complicated. So I don't know. Ideally, at some point, I would love to have us get there. Um, yeah, on on a real basic level. So for yeah. just a typical, you know, you know, me regular blog post, a couple of photos and stuff like that. I I use an app made by um, John Saddington. who used to be the head of Eight Bit. Uh, it's called Desk, and you can get that at desk.pm. And it's great for bloggers, right? Because you know, you know you're not doing anything super complex. Um, but even that has its inconsistencies, um, especially with like block quotes or, you know, aligning media left and right or what have you. Um, but it handles, you know, it handles the headline, the, the header tags and all that stuff and links and, you know, a basic image insert, but it's still not perfect, but it gets the job done for a regular blogger. So that's what I'd recommend if you're listening to this going, yeah, <laughs> I'm pulling my hair out too. But again, for the deeper, longer posts with everything, um, and with my editor, it's just so much easier to do it in Google Docs because she can go in and just scoop it up and and do her thing. Um, yeah, I just I wish it was easy as easy as copy pasting <laughs> for sure. Um, something I'm interested in, and and I'm wondering if if you and your team go through this, but you know you must hear the word the buzzword content marketing and sort of just chuckle at it and just be like that's what we've been doing for years <laughs> right this yeah. is this isn't something new um but i feel like the presentation of content because of this uh this buzzword if you will and and sort of the way google i guess has changed uh, seo and i'm not an seo expert by any means but the competition to create great content um and not just great content but how it's presented to the user, whether it's on desktop or mobile device or who knows, a, a VR headset in a couple of years. Um, what does that look like in your day job? I, I've noticed that most articles are consistent, like content structure and layout and design. Um, but I see some media properties from like the Vox. They, you know, when they do a long form content, it's much more storytelling, you know, deeper enriched graphics and things like that. Right. Laid out differently. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Is that something that your team does at some capacity with some pieces that maybe I haven't seen or is it on the horizon or it's just maybe nothing that comes into play with your stuff? That's a great question. Um, I've seen, to, I've, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen this a lot in, uh, I mean like the New York, New York times does this with like yes. special pieces like, yep. uh, uh, pitchfork does this, um, with like special pieces as well where they get like a really special treatment and, kind of don't look CMSy cookie cuttery at all. Exactly. Um, I think one of so uh, the wire cutter is a utility site, right? Like you go to it because you at some some point someone told you about it and you bought 
something and had a great experience that like about something that we recommended or maybe you know mentioned that we don't recommend but somehow fit your use case and and you trust us so you come back but you're looking for something and by presenting information in kind of in kind of a similar fashion it makes it so we try to make it so it's like scannable um but at the same time our pieces are really really long like our writers and I mean our entire staff like we are a bunch of nerds like we have people <laughs> who are real I mean I last summer we published a, a thing on the sweet home on uh, the best sunscreen mm-hmm. and we have like, like a slack bot that says like when things are published and I saw like it got published and I was like oh huh I, you know I'm gonna check that out and next thing I know like I wasted like 45 I mean I said wasted like 45 minutes of my life but I knew more about sunscreen <laughs> than like anyone else until for the rest of the summer when I see someone put on sunscreen I'd be like you know yeah. blah 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 <laughs> Uh, I was a hit at parties. Yeah. Um, but, Do you know what's uh, in that sunscreen? <laughs> but where I'm going here is that, like, I don't know. Um, on our current, like, product roadmap, it, we don't have uh, doing extra special pieces like like that where kind of will stick to the skimmable stuff because to some degree like even if you don't buy something buy the thing from us uh don't buy the air conditioner from us matt um the thing is like next time you want something uh from reading that guide just if you read the uh, that review you'll find out way more about air conditioners than like you did before and even if you don't buy something from us like you'll be a much more informed buyer so that the next time when you want to buy Go go to buy something else like uh, like you need a new blender or some sort of like other you know uh, a purchase where you're like I don't I don't know I could just go to Amazon and and throw a dart on a board right or I can go to the wire cutter and see what they rec or Sweet Home and see what they recommend um like that's what that's what we want and um not saying there's no better way we could be presenting our our, our content and whatever but uh. To kind of give it a lot of extra like visual treatment and and make it different than some than uh, the best fifty dollar headphone review, I think I don't think that gets us to that don't think allows us to be the utility yeah. site that we want to be. Just like anytime you search Google for something, it's the same. You get the same review. You get the same search results listings. There are slight variations, but like. You know what to expect, and that's kind of we need to be that consistent. Yeah, and, and that's a great answer because you know there are plenty of times where I'll go to again like another review site for you know I don't know something else, and and you know w- with this rich experience, especially if it's loading on mobile, um, I won't mention any names, The Verge, um, but uh, <laughs> if I go to that site and I pull up a review on, on a recent phone, and then it's like playing, especially on mobile, it's like playing a game of whack-a-mole because as all the assets load and then all the advertisements load, like I'm trying to read a paragraph and then boom, it like, it, you, know, you know, pushes down on the screen. Like, yeah. I got to scroll back up and then all of a sudden the video loads and that pushes it down. Like, okay, now I got to scroll back up again. Um, you know, and then the full screen Samsung ad plays in. It's just like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> you know, get me off of this. Uh, sometimes just, 
give me text to read with a couple of couple of images and I'm good to go. Um, I don't need to be, uh, I don't need to watch a, a 30 second, you know, uh, uh, you know, film festival video <laughs> to get right. this thing, to get this thing going. Um, yeah, but they do, I don't know that a lot of sites, one of the things that and there's like reviews.com is like another competitor or, or Kinja is another one. And I think one of the things that they said to do the better than us is present their like findings or what they recommend folks should buy like they their presentation of the product or uh, or something is a little better um where those kind of like i think there's lots of things we can learn from other sites like that but i it's way doing that while still keeping our our nerd cred and making it so we keep we remain being a utility site um yeah, it's going to be an interesting balance in the future. Sure. Um, I was going to lead with this question right when we hit record, but I'll ask it now. Why can't we have the REST API built into WordPress? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Throw the grenade and run. Uh, I was, I, yeah, I thought that would be what you would open with as well. Um, that's a great question. I, I, uh, I would have really liked it to be. Um, to say it's you know, I'm sure you're going to ask me a bunch, like a, a, a series of uh, of questions related to this, and I guess I just want to put this claim around. You know, uh, this interview is coming in a, a strange time where if we would have had this interview probably a year ago, I would have been much more optimistic. Right. Um, uh, Ryan McHugh spent I don't know, three and a half or so years uh, working on. The REST API, I spent um, well over, yeah, well, Ryan spent three, I spent well over two. Um, and it's it's hard because it's, it's essentially, so for those that don't know, um, the REST API project for WordPress is um, right now to programmatically communicate with a WordPress site, uh, WordPress core has an XML RPC API built in. Um, that API works. Uh, it's kind of iterated and evolved over time to be, you know, to have more features and have more uh, coverage within WordPress. It kind of the format of XML data is more meant for document exchanges than data. Um, the REST API is a project Brian McHugh started to, in a Google Summer of Code many years ago, to bring a new API that would eventually replace the XML RPC API called what is now we call like WP REST API. In WordPress. 4.4, the infrastructure for the REST API was merged in. Thank you, uh, Wonderboy Music, for merging that in. Um, but there are no core endpoints, meaning that like the infrastructure is there. So uh, core, ha if you use like the embed post feature, um, that actually uses a REST API endpoint. Um, but there is no way to like get a post 
via an endpoint right now from the infrastructure. Those endpoints are still sitting in a plugin um, that right, is on GitHub. Uh, it's also in the WordPress repository. But our plan, I guess, was that uh, to put the infrastructure in in one release and the next release roll in the core endpoint, which would be um, posts, users, taxonomies, terms, comments. Um, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, uh, post types and like post statuses um, and media. Uh, but we are about Ryan, myself, uh, Daniel Beckerber, and Joe Hoyle. We are four individuals, and we are not WordPress lead developers, and we are not the end decision makers for what gets what the standard or what gets rolled into WordPress at some point. Um, but we just started getting really mixed messages over where we needed to have the endpoints, like where they need to be at in order to get into WordPress core. And uh, I, we still kind of get mixed messages, and it just kind of became, you know, that's fine. Like, we have other things we can work on. Like, we're, you know, uh, cool. We'll keep this as a plugin. And while the intent was always to roll it into WordPress core, the farther we get away from the, the more time passes, the farther our endpoints get away from core because it's a lot to maintain. We're essentially maintaining a fork of WordPress. To try anytime a, a change gets made in WordPress, where like a new query param of at like uh, just in upcoming four point six, there's like a new post types object uh, where we actually need to update our endpoints to like to work with that. But there's no one to do that work right now because none of us are really excited about getting this ready to roll into core. So uh, it's kind of sitting there and as a very very tragic. Uh, I don't know, tale of open source don'ts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you are so kind, Rachel. You are so kind. Um, some of the folks listening actually have asked me before because I've talked about the REST API, the WordPress REST mm-hmm. API on, on the show before, and I'm <clears throat> by far not uh, a developer, um, and uh, even I don't know sort of all the techni- technicalities around it, but... Uh, for folks who are listening who who do use WordPress, maybe it just as as their content marketing blog, or most of them are consultants or you know small consultants for small businesses building sites for folks. What's like one benefit of having uh, the REST API built into Core um, that they could tap into? Because a lot of folks have reached out to me before they Matt, This sounds like an awesome project, but we I, like we don't even know what we would do with it. Um, is it maybe connecting other WordPress sites to one another to pull content and data in? Is it connecting to third-party services and, you know, I don't know, pulling in Dropbox files into your WordPress site? Like, what is one advantage that the everyday WordPress consultant could tap into if it were shipped with Core? I know it's a loaded question, but I mean, no, if there's one no. thing that you could... Sure, so, I mean... 
This is a great question. I think this is one of the, the, the things our team has the hardest answering because you're going to hate my answer, which is there are so many things you can do with it. It's not necessarily focused on one. Um, you could, in, if this existed in core, um, use something like a like WordPress. Like WordPress.com has Calypso, which is a desktop application that then allows you to, um, like you write posts and stuff like on a native Mac application that then just go into WordPress, meaning like you don't copy and paste, right? Like you write within this app and then you hit publish and like it actually publishes on your WordPress site. You could then go into your WordPress site on WordPress.com, see the post that you wrote, like they're listed and edit it there. Uh, hit save, go back to your application, pull up the same post and see your edits there. So it's like it, it opens up the administration and content from your WordPress site and makes it available for to other sites or uh, application or service integrations. You gave the example, Matt, of could I use this to pull um, like all my Dropbox images in? And the answer is like no, because you know what, Dropbox has an API, so. You could do that now because Dropbox has an API and a restful JSON returning API that would allow you to do what you just said. Um, so this brings that to WordPress. Um, certain things like adding users or creating posts uh, require the same permissions that WordPress itself does. It opens this up to... Um, someone creating a mobile app that makes it, you know, easier to add or edit content on the on your phone. Um, it, that doesn't rely on like the Jetpack API. It opens it up to if you have more than one site, you know, being able to display content from the other site um, without even if they're completely separate sites. Um, it opens us up to so many things that I truly believe like are needed for WordPress to one meet its own mission of democratizing publishing, and to uh, continue to to grow as a content platform. Because one of the important parts of being a content platform is that you enter content, but then you can make that piece of content available in more than one place. And right now, WordPress uh, is pretty limited to, like, you can write a piece of content and have that your post is available on your site. But now, once you're at the blog post and you, it's available on your site, what if you then um, have a business site and you want to, in the sidebar, like, show your most recent posts? Um from your own blog, or uh, in some ways, show it on your business site in a way that uh, like fits the theme of your business site, but 
like the content is pulling from somewhere else. Like these are all like things you can do. It's uh, well, it almost, unending. It, almost, it right? almost sounds like it would solve exactly what you have going on with the wire cutter and sweet home. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Some of it, I think, I think it just, I mean, if you have a, I mean, if you're a, so you, for plugin developers, I think this is like, like this is the most amazing thing ever. So when I think about things like gravity forms, um, being able to make data that people entered into like a gravity form and be able to to pull that out or query against it in um, like on another site uh, or in an application um, or let's say uh, like a calendar plugin to make it so the events you have uh, listed on a site, you can uh, make those available uh, via URL and it's, it's, it's as easy for sites to, to pull in as it is, would be like an RSS feed to then they can read the, the events and display them themselves. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty great. So uh, but, one of the things that, um, well, one of the many things that I heard while at WordCamp US, uh, this past WordCamp US, <clears throat> a lot of folks talking about it, of course, um, Including me. Including you. <laughs> uh, a lot of folks were like, hey, this is... So it was a lot of, a lot of buzz, right? So people were like, this is amazing. Right. There was one camp where... Uh, other, one camp was, this is amazing, but we don't know what we're going to do with it. And I think right. you, you've definitely sort of answered that. A lot of folks I heard was, uh, was about the admin, right? So now we can decouple the admin from the front right. end. And guess what? You know, the, 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 we, could do, we can do all these things with the front end now. It, it doesn't have to be a, a WordPress theme anymore. It could be something else. It could be another language. It could, it could be whatever. You could feed it to your Samsung TV and display it there you know, or whatever, uh, or your Samsung refrigerator or whatever. <laughs> um, the, I'm wondering, so I see that. I'm like, wow, this is awesome, right? This is great. They come, come up with this new admin experience. But is that the fear, right? Or is that the conundrum in this is you might not know it's WordPress anymore and that's kind of icky feeling, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Like some folks might be like, um, we really want it to continue to be WordPress. We kind of continue, we want to know that WordPress is, is the front end as well. Or is there this fear that you don't even know it's WordPress anymore? So is, is WordPress growing um, beyond with the REST API. Um, does that make sense? Is that, is there, do you think that that is a particular concern? I don't think it is, but actually it brings up a good point, which is actually this is the question you just brought up of people, folks that, that hear about the REST API and understand it. The One of the first uh, possibilities or solutions that they think of is we can great, we can finally uh, create our own uh, WordPress admin. And the problem with that is that, as I said, our, the REST API's team's plan was to let's release these um, like core endpoints and, and then iterate from there. So add uh, endpoints to support widgets or like navigation menus or, or other things. Um, and because folks want this 
ability to kind of create custom WordPress admins, that is actually extremely difficult in WordPress. Um, which is the reason why no one does it right now, really. Right. Um, there's a few, right? Uh, but uh, I pity them every time <laughs> there's a WordPress release, and I see like even the most in the most recent one, like we changed like the default font schema, and I'm like, oh, good luck, folks. Right. Like you know, you're gonna have to adjust all your CSS to to fit this. But the WordPress itself wasn't built to to kind of allow for customizable admin experiences and to be able to fully support anything you can do in the WordPress dashboard with um, like endpoints that would allow someone to, to fully customize this. And I mean like fully, like as this, you know, there's things we already offer the, the add images except like, like, Add create posts, um, pages. What I'm talking about is like uh, setting a theme, maybe you're setting a plugin, or um, um, uh, yeah, uh, navigation menus, widgets, that kind of stuff. The in addition to like, well, then we have to create endpoints to do all of that, and that WordPress itself doesn't support it. It's that. Across four people, um, we can't add that kind of stuff in a secure, working, usable manner, and uh, and feel good about even offering that in the plugin. So, it's if it's taken us this long to get to uh, have stable core type endpoints, the if the end goal really is to only have only release an API, if you can do everything you could do within the application itself, um, you're that's such a high bar. I don't know how you do that unless you kind of halt on core features for a release or something and have everyone focus on building these endpoints. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a massive undertaking. It is. Um, you know, in, in your position of launching with the set endpoints that you had uh, originally planned or that the team had originally planned, was your typical or is your typical, you know, um, minimal viable product, even though I'm sick and right. tired of throwing that term around, but right. <laughs> it's but. your MVP to iterate on as, as we go. Well, and as I said, like that's how the XML RPC API was put into core. It still gets iterated on. Um, the customizer is like is yes <laughs> like a famous example of this, right? right? Like the customizer was built and it only did things. Right. Um, you could change your background or your uh, um, or your header image, um, and it just keeps getting iterated on and keep you know they keep building really cool features for it and whatnot, but like. But if they never, if the original standard for the customizer was in order to be a feature of WordPress, you have to be able to do all of these things. Like it never would have gotten there. Right. I mean, and this is the difference between like 
proprietary software and open source software because like no one, I mean, Wirecutter sets aside time for me to work on, on WordPress. Um, but like no one tells me what to do. Like I don't get a Jira ticket from WordPress, right? right. That's like, this is what you have to do. Um, I volunteer my time and usually much more time than I'm offered from Wirecutter. But if, uh, if you set the bar so high, it's hard to stay motivated in your free time to like, well, um, for like three years or so of being like, oh, they're going to let this in at some point because it's also really hard to review and accept something into a project when there's, it's that large of a change. Like the smaller a change is, right? Um, uh, Matt, I don't know if like your developers do like uh, do code review or something, but like it's so it's much easier to review a, a few line change than it is to review like two hundred files that are all new, right? right? So right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like I don't know what this breaks, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, all this is to say, what's the deal? Right, like, what's the deal? Let's just get this accepted here and move on. Um, yeah. You know, for for folks again, for folks who are not super technical, what what is it that they could do to either show support or you know, sort of get this? Just show support, right? For folks who don't know how to write a lick of code, I mean, what what can they do? Can they do anything to show support for this to hopefully emphasize its you know adoption? I don't know. That's a great question. Okay. At at this point in time, I don't have a great. I mean, I have pipe. I have things I could throw out, but I don't want to waste people's time and assume that like that would really help. I don't. I don't know. I think the decision is kind of out of our hands, not the community's hands, and kind of just stuck on waiting for folks to make a decision and then uh, kind of set a direction and you know uh, but I guess the thing I would say is is if you're if you're not technical um, and you have a developer who who is or or are looking at plugins or anything I would suggest one of the best things you could do is kind of like spread the word for us where even you don't even have to know how to use it but just hey uh you know hey so and so is this compatible with the rest api um hey have you used the rest api hey could we use the rest api on our site like you know uh spread the word and get folks thinking about us and that's the that would be a great help Pull out a pen and paper and start yeah. drafting. Dear Matt, yeah. we would like to have... <laughs> you can address that to Hawthorne Street, San Francisco. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it is something that, I, that of course, I, I'm looking forward to. It is tough. You know, it is tough to be... Uh, the, the. I mean, we're already an hour into the show. We're going to wrap it up fairly soon. Um, but this could be another topic. It's somebody who is, it's very easy for folks to say, 
you know, do the, the five for five, contribute to WordPress, you know, hop in. But there, there's a ton of other folks who support WordPress in ways that aren't writing lines of code or even writing lines of documentation. There are folks who do all kinds of things, just spreading the word of WordPress and convincing other people to use WordPress and its greatness. Um, there's probably more of those than there are developers, I'd say, um, that that do that uh, on a consistent basis. And it's it's tough to find channels of support for things like this, right? I I, I don't think there is an answer. I wish there was. Yeah. Um, you know, I think change.org, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say, I know that you know, as I said, like, um, it's a little pessimistic feelings lately, but I will say that, uh, that I, I love the, uh, WordPress community and have the utmost respect for, um, the other, like the, lead developers and, and other committers for WordPress. Um, and I am, I have faith that eventually the um, tide will turn and someone will be like, why don't we do this? Let's just do it. And that person has the power to make it happen. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure it will. It's just, I don't know when that day will be because I'm not that person. Right. Right. Uh, you know, it's when you're pioneers, you're usually starting out something that no one else has ever set, set foot on or even ventured to go, you know, go and do. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way I see uh, you and, and your team with this stuff is you're really pioneering something, um, which is better than not pioneering it at all, right? <laughs> yeah. Know, pioneers go and they, they die with arrows in their backs and, and the pilgrims die tending to sheep. And I don't know, I'd rather die with an arrow in my back than just, <laughs> <laughs> than just tending to sheep all the time. Uh, Rachel, this has been a great conversation. Thank where, you, Matt. Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Oh, uh, I guess on Twitter at Rachel Baker or... Um, uh, on WordPress TV or, or anywhere on a WordPress site as, as Rachel Baker. Um, Assuming you'll be at the next uh, WordCamp US? I will. I will. I'm uh, bowing out of, uh, out of speaking this time. But, uh, but yeah, I will, uh, I'm definitely going to be there as a, as a committer. Um, and, you know, looking hopefully uh, with WordPress 4.7 or 4.8, we can get some more moving on the REST API. But until then... Um, WordPress comments are, uh, are are getting some improvements and coming along. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Matt. Uh, everybody else is mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list for awesome interviews like this. We'll see you next time.